Hello, whatchamacallits, and happy day to you whenever you are listening to this, however you are listening to this. If you are catching this episode before November 1st, or technically before like 8pm on Halloween Central Time, then would you do me a gigantic favor and go to my Instagram at Ellie Main and click on the link in my bio and check out the Kickstarter that Christina and I have going for a comedy pilot that we have been working on for, gosh, three years at this point. And we're at the point where we can try and make it and we would absolutely love slash desperately need your support. So, so it would just mean the world to us if you could go to that Kickstarter and check it out. And if you feel so inclined, donate, because if we don't make our goal by... 8pm on Halloween, then we don't get anything. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello and welcome to What? It is your part documentary, part roundtable podcast with just a sprinkling of competition. I'm your host, Ellie Main, and joining me as I have every week is my good friend, Chelsea Hafush. Hello, Chelsea, again. How are you? You're in Seattle. Your friends are having your baby. <laughs> You really kind of jumped a couple chapters there. But yeah, I am fresh off of the plane from Seattle. When did you get back? Midnight last night. Oof. It was okay. I mean, you know, it was like, it's like a four hour flight, which is like, to me, like kind of a weird length. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's not too short, long. Neither short nor long. Right. It's like with, re- like with transatlantic flights or whatever, you're like, it's like a gauntlet that you prepare for and you're like, okay, I've got yeah. my movies. I've got my book. I've got I'm an activity. For 10 hours. Yeah, I'm here. And I'm on this and I'm doing this. And if it's like an hour, you're like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's whatever. But four hours, like a little weird. And like, because, you know, the airline industry is dying because uh, they can't figure out how to be competitive in capitalism. Um, <laughs> they don't like give you food anymore. Like they don't even oh, give. Like, they, yeah. did, they did do two beverage services and I did buy a $7 can of wine. Perfect. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think we talked about this before. I used to fly all the time. Like my parents were divorced and yeah. it was the 90s before anybody was afraid of flying. So I would fly back and forth between them, like no joke, like eight to 10 times a year. Like I was on planes all the time. And I was, so I was never afraid of flying. And I was also sort of like set up to be a person who would never be afraid to fly. Right. And I was never afraid to fly until I, for a few years in my 20s, dated a guy who was like a commercial pilot. It is why I identify so deeply with that, like, don't explain why boats float. I <laughs> wish I didn't know as much as I like I think and I mean like this I guess it like, doesn't say great things about my intelligence but like I had like a rough understanding of flight before right. that and but there was still an element of it that was just kind of like magic to me where I was just like <laughs> well clearly like this is way more complicated than something I could understand as like a layperson. you see the picture of the pilot and they're surrounded by like I don't know 800,000 buttons and you're yeah. like all those buttons have to do something that like I don't get and then you find out like no 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 it's just like it's just up there <laughs> it's just kind of up there and like there's not like it's up there by by virtue of the fact that it go fast and like if anything were to stop it go fast it then would it would very quickly not be up there anymore it would quickly cease to be up there it would just stop 
getting up there. I think maybe the one that like really was the turning point for like my terror about flying was that I was relaying a story that I just thought was like a fun anecdote of like one time I flew on like a European airline that was like a second rate airline and we landed in Italy and they landed on like one side and then the other and I was like oh that oh, was like crazy. Yeah. A whole like junk. Uh, yeah. Bujunk. And then uh, very matter of factly he just said to me oh sometimes they have to do that because otherwise the plane will flip over. Oh. And I was like never, what? Never speak these things to me again. <laughs> yeah. I was just like you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. How <laughs> dare you? How dare you say that to me? I did not think that was possible because of how <laughs> big it is. Oh gosh. And that's not true. It can do that. I remember so deeply strongly landing in Bangkok and being like, that came in hot. Like yeah. Will's screeching and everyone on the plane's kind of like, whoopsie. We uh, we did actually on this this trip down, like, yeah. uh, and I know that this is true because it wasn't just in my head because the person that was directly in front of us on this flight, like in the seat in front of us was like somebody who was like on airline staff and was just uh-huh. flying like for free because we were in a very mag. And uh, <laughs> have you ever noticed? Okay, I not. I'm not trying to turn this into my tight ten about like flight, but uh, about <laughs> air travel. But what's up with that? Have you noticed that airlines lie to you about how many seats there are? Yes. Yep. I think this is like the most like it's almost funny because it's so obviously a lie. So like I I don't I'll name them. I don't give a shit. I, we flew Alaskan Airlines, and generally I think Alaskan is actually like a pretty nice airline as far right. as it goes. Yeah. But they did the whole thing where they were like well here are your tickets but um I mean like you know you could only really sit in these places and they're kind of like awful stinky like but if you paid <laughs> an extra stinky. 40 if you paid like an extra 40 dollars a ticket then you could pick any of your seats and you could sit in any of these places but like otherwise there's just not that many left for you and like I'm just like as your friend really concerned what? that like you wouldn't but get I to sit together I know and they were like you won't get to, they were like you can't sit together it's physically impossible unless you pay to upgrade to sit in the front of the plane rude and i was like i don't want to pay an addition like these tickets are already only like 150 dollars because again flight is dying and like yeah. covid didn't mm-hmm. help yep. and i'm like i'm not gonna pay an extra 40 dollars <laughs> on top of 150 dollars just to pick my seat like fuck you like i guess i just won't talk i guess i'll just grab the stranger that's sitting next to me instead of connor when i get scared we got on the fucking flight and this happened both times there and back it was less than half full Ugh. each of us got each of us got an aisle to ourselves no. to like completely lay flat yes um and i was like and i was like okay Bastards. this actually kind of bangs like <laughs> that like we have like all this room and we're like watching you just like fully flat like it's fucking emirates but <laughs> fully flat fully flat babe can i tell you there is no luxury on this green earth or in this god sky that is better than being fully fucking flat oh can yeah i tell you that and so but they lied they literally showed me a diagram of the plane with a billion x's and they were like well i just i'm just really what worried are we that gonna you won't get do to sit. you just won't <laughs> even get to sit together if you don't pay the extra money and i was like shut the fuck up so yeah i know that you are here and you're a part of it but can i tell you about yeah. how this episode is going thus far <laughs> 
please. <laughs> yeah. So we're Am I about to be graded? <laughs> no, no, no. We're on I mean that is a part of our podcast, but not on that. Yeah. We are on Zoom instead of where we normally record, which is Discord, which is where we have our, we meet with our fun Patreon. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna have someone playing for my team tonight. Yeah, you thought you were gonna bring in a ringer. Yeah, playing for the host team. And they don't have Discord or uh, a, a microphone or whatever, so we'll have to do it through Zoom. And here we are on Zoom. They are not. They're not going to be able to be coming. They're not going to come. Oh, like at all? <laughs> I thought they were just going to like jump in oh, later. Did you think that I was just like waiting to announce? I thought you were warming in. up, and then like you know, and they were going to like end here presenting. The no, 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 no. Ship the dog. It turns out that I'm very bad at, I guess, confirming plans, and so yeah, she couldn't make it. Christina Parrish was supposed to be here, but she she could not. She could not be, and so we oh, were on Zoom for no reason, and. Also, because of that, I don't have a topic. So we're going to have, it's going to be spotlight on Chelsea today. All eyes on Chelsea, all eyes on her. Get your fucking hands up. But I mean, if anything, that's a kind of a good thing for you because you're sitting at a bit of a point deficit. That's true, which was also not my fault. So (laughs) I I will take this. This is powerful. You know, I don't like the spotlight. You know, I don't like attention. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah. People look at me, give me attention. I don't think so. (gasps) Oh, oh my God. This reminds me. I have something to tell you about tell me it's gonna be like my fact bang leading into my topic i love it okay okay you're just in um, charge this episode I'm, so, I'm 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 here i'm here for it i'm i'm good there's so much i want to tell you so this perfect. is perfect ideal um okay well first of all have you and um miles come up with your halloween costumes yet for this weekend S- counter uh, like sub thing have you given more thought to my idea because i think it's really good uh the, the answer to the first question is no and then okay. the, the answer to the second question is i forgot uh it's uh roy kent and keely <laughs> i think it would be so cute and that all, is pretty like, good it's good and all miles have to do is get a little leather jacket which he should have anyway he'd look great in it and then he does he'd that go, one Rrr! and go fuck every now and then yeah, fuck and then i'll be like oh, all right yeah you know you would love to do that fucking accent oh uh, but you know what i need to get and then i'll return it immediately is uh an espresso machine <laughs> and just carry it around <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That would be heavy. Just get the box. Yeah, just get the box. But no, I think that would be so good. Probably be harder to obtain. Maybe, but God, it'd be heavy. My boy. (laughs) My boy. Um, Okay, so something I learned about, I I feel like I am the person, tell me if this is fair to say, I feel like I am the person in our friend group people go to for astrology related stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I I love that about myself. Like, it's it's a point of pride. Mm -hmm. I learned something new about astrology today and I am now like, obsessed with it uh which is i found on tiktok an astro cartographer oh so you know how astrology is based around like the the, uh positions yeah the positions and like locations of like celestial bodies at the exact moment of your birth yes right so astro cartography is then taking that information of where they are where they were um and putting like tracking them actually on the map Mm -hmm. and then using that information to tell you things about like where you should travel and where you should live and stuff so like for example there's a spot on the earth for every person where they are <laughs> they are cosmically their hottest self and everybody finds oh, them to cool. be unbelievably hot it's where like your venus line has like its zenith um and then you also have like a big curving line called your venus ascendant and that's where people find you hot so like for example my <laughs> venus ascendant goes exactly through auckland new zealand perfect so now now we have to go to Auckland. I mean, like, it that is a is really where, cool place. 
yeah, I'd like to go anyway. And then like the combination of like, I guess like my most aggressive self and my hottest self, uh, they're right <laughs> off the coast of Cabo. And oh, I was like, oh, that's, pow- that's powerful. <laughs> uh, my friend Alex, friend of the pod, yep. his went right through Nassau and the Bahamas. And oh. I'm like, a very specific summer 2022 itinerary yes. is like taking shape. Did you follow that weird thing that was going on where that guy on TikTok was making all the TikToks saying that the queen was going to die? at like 537 on October 18th. No. It was really weird. He was just like, if I'm right, then like come back to me. And like, it was just the, I think it was the confidence that like really like sucked people in where he was just like, listen to me. Listen. like, I'm telling you. He made like like half a dozen videos and they were just like, at like 515 on October 18th, they will announce that Queen Elizabeth is dead. Will and Kate will be out of the country. And like, just like all these like weird details about it. <laughs> no, she's fine. Like, no, I know she's fine. But like, no, it just like it felt like a weird. Well, it was like definitely like a, a clout thing where it was just like mm, I know something mm-hmm. you don't know. <laughs> but then I was just like, way to choose something that's like immediately going to happen is very easily demonstrably false. Yeah, I I was too busy finding all the TikToks I could about how supposedly John Mulaney and Olivia Munn have broken up already. Oh yeah, and finding them très amusant. They were very very good. My big like Twitter moment of the weekend was. I was in Seattle that like made me fucking die was uh, Penn Badgley who plays like the lead character Joe on You. Uh-huh. Do you watch that show? I don't. I feel like I should because I love What's Her Chops who's in it also. I think you would really love it. She is also, I know who you're talking about, the girl that was in like the haunting Correct. shows. Yeah. She is great in it. She has her perpetual cry face the whole mm-hmm. time. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's about like a guy who uh, wants to fall in love so badly that he'll kill anyone that stands in his way. Oh. Um, I guess it's like a log line for it. Nice. And so uh, he's played by actor Penn Badgley, who was also in Gossip Girl. And for some reason, Cardi B started like posting <laughs> thirst, thirst stuff about Penn Badgley. Perfect. And then he started responding on Twitter. <gasps> and then they and then they like swapped profile pics. And I think it might still be like this. So Penn Badgley's profile pic was a picture of Cardi B. And Cardi B's profile pic was a picture of Penn Badgley. And somebody like tweeted underneath it, he's going to kill Offset. Oh my god. Who's the name of the actor who's like in um Jason Manzukas? Yeah. He looks like if Timothy Chalamet and Jason Manzukas had a baby, it would be Pam Badgley. That's fair. You should tweet him that. Hey. You should tweet you can't tweet Jason Manzukas that because he's not on Twitter, but you can tweet the other ones. Just be like, guys, is it true? (laughs) Somehow. My favorite Timothy Chalamet based tweet, and then I swear I'll tell you what my topic is. Okay. Was um Somebody uh, somebody just took a photo of somebody else's completely unrelated tweet that said, this twink must be obliterated. Uh, and then they took that photo, that screenshot, and they put it like in a frame that said like June 2021. Oh, perfect. <laughs> That's very uh, good. It's deeply good. Have you Mother? seen Dune? No, Connor and I want to go see it at the big like uh, History of Texas IMAX. IMAX. The Bullock IMAX? Yeah, the IMAX where we went and saw... Um, Dunkirk. Another another twink movie. Dunk. Dunk. <laughs> Who's Dunkirk? Twink? Who's a twink? AKA in that? Twinks on a Beach. <laughs> Okay, it had Killian Murphy. It had oh, Harry Styles. It right. had that cute little kid that was in Bandersnatch. It is Twinks on a Beach. Twinks on a Beach. That's amazing. Snakes on a Plane too. Twinks on a Beach. Twinks on a Beach. Twinks on a beach.
Chelsea, what is the title? I'm going to make that my letterboxed review of Dunkirk. Uh, okay. What is the title of your topic? <laughs> the title of my topic is A Myth Milord. A Myth Milord? A Myth Milord? Could we finally be talking about King Arthur? No. Uh. <laughs> Actually, maybe. Ooh. Because just in the sense that, like, I think as we discussed, like, uh, it was a long time before I figured out whether or not King Arthur was real. Oh, she loves like, an is it real? Like, is it real? And I was like, okay, well, I know obviously, like, there's stuff about it that's like legendary but like yeah. is it based on a real person mm-hmm. and the answer is no one really knows <laughs> or that it like could be like amalgamation of like several yeah, like, like sort of like early like kind of is what they've come kind up with of. yeah in a way okay, so it's not about that a myth my lord myth my lord. lord um lord. does the my lord is that is that pointing to 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 the sort of date are we talking like chivalrous night night kind of times yeah. Well, yeah. so yeah, the Milord comes from Connor's favorite thing about visiting the uh, <laughs> medieval times dinner and tournament, which is that like a pimply teen yeah. will bring you tomato <laughs> soup in like a big vat and, and just say, Lord. yeah, and just say, let's just like go down the aisles and just be like dragon's breath, Milord, dragon's <laughs> breath, Milord. Oh my God. We, so, like, we had so many instances of, of people who, who were working at Disney World. You know, they're all called cast members, even if they're not like like dancers or whatever. Uh-huh. So many examples of people who were just the perfect amount of over it. And so, <laughs> and it t- stop me if I've told you this before, but we were in like a cocktail bar and it was one of those that has like interactive stuff and the lights go out, go off and on. And it's like, imagine like a rainforest cafe, but make it pirate and tiki. Yes. It was very good. And so anytime someone ordered a special drink, the bartenders would have to be like, way shout things would come out. And this girl, the girl who was our waitress was just like it was so funny she came out with our drink and little tiny like water pistols and she was like oh no you're underwater (laughs) now you have to swim (laughs) that's the best it was so good the last time that we went to medieval times which was not that long ago uh, (laughs) at at the end of the show we were like getting all our stuff together and this other like pimply faced teen who was like a bus boy came up to us and he goes so are we doing shots and like (laughs) we're all like you know people in our 30s with money who like to drink Mm -hmm. so we were like oh yeah let's do it come on like you have like a special shot and then he got like so embarrassed and he goes okay I didn't think you were going to say yes like I'm actually technically allowed to bring alcohol to the guests and like we were and like uh, Alex just bullied this child within like an inch of his life he was like you get out of my face (laughs) get away from me you come to my family on the eve of my daughter's wedding and offer us shots that you have no intention of getting us. How dare you? Worse How than the red you, wedding. Sir. I bite my thumb at you, sir. <laughs> so yeah, it's about the medieval times. <laughs> A myth, my lord. Well, okay. Is it? Oh, is it about Robin Hood? No, but uh, Robin Hood does bang. It does. Yeah. We've talked about the 2018 Robin Hood, right? That has Taron Edgerton in it. Yes, we have talked about that. And how it's bonkers. Okay, good. Yes. Well, we're not talking about Robin Hood this time, but we are talking about medieval times. Specifically, a phenomenon that I've recently become aware of that I absolutely adore. Okay. Because uh, time is a flat circle. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) wait, is it about the snails? No. What? Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
story. You know about the immortal snail thing that's like going around that it's actually like a rooster teeth thing, but nobody knows that. And they must be so fucking mad. No, it's an art history thing. And so that's oh, why I was like, I put it together in my mind. I was like, Chelsea, medieval stuff, snails. This actually does have, okay, this relates to art history in a little bit. Okay. And that is that what I was going to say actually is like part of my intro was when I was in college studying art history, you know, we mm. had to do kind of like a, a final like thesis. Sure. And I chose to do something about the pre-Raphaelites who were working in uh, Victorian England. And what was interesting to me about studying all of that was that our idea of Victorians is like bonkers wrong. And it seems to come from a place of like our big idea about what (laughs) Victorian people were like comes from predominantly like writings or discourse from like the gay 90s through like the 30s. Uh-huh. And that was when people were going through kind of like a pendulum swing of like, let's all wear, you know, short skirts or like stop wearing our corsets. Yeah. So there was like a real kind of like self-satisfied desire to look back on the Victorians as like just the epitome of prudes, right? Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Won't mention or talk about sex at all. Won't like, you know, have like any kind Flash of like forward ankle. thinking or progress. Yeah. Progressive ideas about anything. Hyper like restrictive of like women and women's bodies. And it turns out that like just like almost like any society like that is not that's not really true of like Victorians like they had like a very they had a relatively sophisticated view of sex and sexuality um people were very sexual there was sexual um there was sexual like content like and we also know this too but we just don't think about it that way there were like books there are books that we read now that were like erotica from the 1800s and so like somebody was writing those and somebody else was reading them so that they would have stood the test of time right the way that they treated sex is so certainly different than the way that we treat sex now but it's just like it's very like reductive to be like wow they they like they all lived in fear of sex and it seems to be like I said like a reaction to how people were living now and what's so funny about that is that the same is true of medieval European people Ah. Um, most of what we now know today about the medieval times not the dinner tournament but the actual era comes from writings and discourse from the 1800s because that was when they were all obsessed with people in like the 14 and 1500s and they were also coming from this very self-satisfied place of the age of industry oh yeah um, you know we now had like the printing press and we had factories that we were sending children to work to work in mm-hmm. and so unless people they like got to a day look, off <laughs> unless they got a day well come on don't stop it crazy <laughs> And so people loved to look back on this time as this like real dark ages. Uh, And the first thing that I learned, the first myth, my lord, that I learned about that started like this whole sort of rabbit hole is that, um, you know, that like people in the medieval times never thought the earth was flat. Really? Really. That is like a core, like, that is like a core thing that like kindergartners learn about like the 1500s. That's like like sword in the stone. Right. It's specifically the inciting incident for colonialism is they're like, well, uh, these people were so stupid that they thought the earth was flat. Uh, and then Christopher Columbus or whoever, I don't even remember who it was supposed to be that did it, sailed sailed around in a circle, circumnavigated the earth and proved that it was round. Not true. In fact. What? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Like, there were, first of all, there were ancient texts that talked about how the earth was round. Um, <laughs> and, and if we know one thing about people in medieval times, they were like obsessed with the classics. Everybody yeah. is obsessed with who came before. Yeah. So like they were obsessed with like classical 
writers like Aristotle and Plato. But even more than that, this is very fun. Uh, in 1230, there was a very popular textbook that was written and passed around scholarly circles for like the next like 300 years. It was called The Sphere. And mm-hmm. it was written by a man named Johanna de Sacrobosco, which uh, translates literally to John of Hollywood. So Johnny, <laughs> so old medieval Johnny Hollywood Amazing. Wrote, wrote a book about how if um, when people are on a ship, the person at the top of the mast, you know, where we always hide like the powder kegs when we're playing Sea of Thieves. Yep, yep, yep. That person can still see land even after the people that are on the deck of the ship can can no longer see it. Ah. So in order to, to prove that mathematically why somebody higher up could still see land, as opposed to somebody who's like 30 feet below, you can do an entire math equation and prove it's because the Earth's surface is curving away. Amazing. Um, so yeah, so that was that was like, that was common knowledge. So they weren't all sitting there going, hang on a minute, we're going to drop off the edge of the map here. No, nobody thought that. In fact, like <laughs> as, as well as we can figure out, it was, it was like a shorthand that Victorian and like Edwardian scholars used about people in the Middle Ages to, to say that they were dumb. And I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, they were saying like, oh, they're like, this was a very backwards dark time. That's why now we call them the Middle Ages, but they used to be called the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. Like all of that stuff comes from like, like 18th and 19th century writings. And when they would write, people were so dumb, they thought the earth was flat. It was like, a, it was the equivalent <laughs> of like a your mama joke. Like it wasn't literal, but oh now it is God. like, it has now become like a literal thing. Oh, I know this is bu- like- Oh, it's like it turned was, on itself. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So now it's become this real thing. So this sent me down this whole rabbit hole, which ended with me reading like a bunch of like medieval nerd websites. Yes. They look kind of like, um, you know, like political websites, but they're just like about like medieval scholars. Yeah. And they're great. Apparently (laughs) medieval scholars today are really pissed that everybody (laughs) thinks that people in the Middle Ages were stupid. Oh. Uh, Like it's the thing that really grinds their gears. I mean, I guess I get it. Like you devoted your life to like studying this period. They just didn't have stuff. Because it's, yeah, they just like didn't have the same stuff, but you know what they did have? They had an iPhone. What? Yeah. So uh, wh- like there, a- there is a medieval equivalent of a smartphone. It's called the Astrolabe. <sighs> It what? was between it was between uh, three and thirteen inches big, depending on which one you had. It was like this flat um, brass or bronze contraption that had all of these like grooves and numbers, and you could use it to tell time. You like, could use like it to find. Like an alethiometer, maybe. Let me see. Let me oh, see that, if they're similar. Well, it look. I mean, the alethiometer is the one from the the book. Is is dark materials? Yeah. Let me look at a picture of it. Kind of, yeah. So you would just have this thing. You could like use it to like um, measure distance. Like if you were like you were like say like I want to see how far it is from your house to my house. You could do that with your astrolabe. That's and so cool. You could also track objects in the sky. So people loved like this. In addition to being like a very useful thing, for, obviously for like anybody who was traveling, maybe by sea. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something that people in Middle Ages, if they could, if they could afford it, they just loved to have as like a novelty. Like the idea of being able to walk around pre, you know, like pocket watches and yeah. tell time. Um, um, was cool how we felt about having a little like internet in our pocket we love they love that shit that's so awesome <laughs> 
But it also like it's not like it is awesome. And what I think is really cool about it is that like it only people who are naturally curious would like something like that. Right. And if you think about it, there is no like if if all of human if all of human experience of if every culture across every time had had just one thing in common, it would be that we are a curious species Mm -hmm. at all times. Like we are always seeking to know more or to experience something new. Um, But why though? Yeah. But why though? And so like to think that like there was that like we were we have always done that except for like this like 300 year period in in Europe. (laughs) That was the one time that we were like, no, no, no. Don't don't explain. Uh, I can't know. (laughs) I cannot know what time it is. Uh, It's silly. (laughs) That's very, very cool. Yeah. So that was the medieval smartphone was the Astrolab. What does that mean? I wonder Astrolab, Astrolabe. It's a yeah, it's like Astrolab with an E at the end. Astrolab. Uh, Oh, dude. That's are you looking at a picture of it? No, I did. In fact, give it a little look up and it means he who has the stars in his pocket or star taker. Oh, that's so cool. That is pretty cool. It's very beautiful. It's like a beautiful little thing. And yeah, I would feel like hot shit walking around my village being like, oh, it's 530. (laughs) Maybe you should stop. you're wondering how I knew that. (laughs) Bet you're wondering how I knew that. (laughs) My new astrolab. Another thing that Victorians were obsessed with that was not true, but Uh just seemed to be like, I don't know, like, I I guess like the Victorian equivalent of like medieval fan fiction is that most of like the medieval torture devices that are like iconic. Yeah. There is no proof that any of them ever existed. No. Are you telling me that Madame Tussauds is fake? (laughs) I'm telling you that there is no evidence that they like, there are like, there are no like contemporary writings from the Middle Ages about like, for example, one that we know like for certain was an invention of the Victorian period is the Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden never existed, was never used on a human being. Really? Really. Well, then where did it come from? So Victorian scholars who studied the Middle Ages (sighs) were obsessed with, it is true that like there, that there were torture. There was, there were torture. There was torture. Like the rack was very real, for Mm. example. Um, And that um, their methods of, of executing people were seen as barbaric barbaric for the time in Victorian time which they were still executing people just like with guns and shit (laughs) (laughs) and so again like it's like it's like this and this is also like a very human desire right is to look back and be like those guys were idiots we're so cool and smart and like civilized now now. we would never do what they did like the way that like the way that like so many states still execute prisoners in Mm -hmm. the United States uh, but they're like well we don't use the electric chair anymore that was horrible and it's like what are you yeah. Anyway, so there was so, no such thing as a spiky box that they would spiky put Spiky lady in. box. Spiky well, lady box. The other ones that like, again, like the only the only records that we have of them come from the Victorian ages. So it, uh, it's not to say that there couldn't possibly be a source that was then lost and that now all we have is Victorian, but we can't find any evidence from, like we can't find any like texts about it or references to it. Would be it like actually um, being in use. Of it actually being in use uh, would be, um, what's it called? The uh, the pear of anguish. The what? It's like it looks like a, it's as you mentioned, it's shaped like a pear, sure. and it goes in your mouth, and then it is like it has like a crank, and as Ooh. the person on the out on the outside that hangs out of your mouth, and as like they crank it, the pear like expands in your mouth until it breaks your jaw. Uh, 
Yeah, it's real gross. That's the thing is like what it kind of seems like, and this makes a lot of sense if you think about it, is that any of the torture devices you can think of that just seem like overly sort of like frivolous and complicated. (laughs) Like the rack is real because the rack is very simple to build and implement and it's very effective at hurting people. Yeah. Like the pair of anguish, like you can just break someone's jaw. You don't have to like slowly put a pear in their mouth. Or like the Iron Maiden, like you can put like you like you know they would put spikes like they impale people on spikes or they would put spikes yeah. under people's fingernails like those are all tortured like methods. Yeah, they don't need to make an Iron Maiden. Or they're like we would simply just tie a rock to you and throw you in the Thames. Why would I bother with all this? Right, like that's like kind of the funny thing. Like imagining like like showing like you know the pair of anguish or whatever to like an actual like medieval like I don't know. He's uh, like what the fuck like is lawyer. That? He's like yeah. He's like what are you talking about? He's like. This is complicated. You want me to go find some newfangled fancy contraption when I could just simply rip somebody's fingernails out and get the exact same information? (laughs) You want me to build this? Fuck you. (laughs) No. So yeah, so those things were like, they were like, I mean, and I say this very loosely, they were the romanticized ideal of the Victorian. They were like, did you know people in the dark ages would just rip each other apart? Is this like the Victorian version of Saw? Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Oh my God. Yes, that is what it is. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Uh, here's another really fun one. There's like, and this is one that I, I like because I feel like it has, I feel like it has, rather than it maybe being like directly a lie or like a, like a fanciful thing that like, you know, Victorian scholars came up with. I mm-hmm. think it is just something that has become almost like a game of telephone. Like the, the original meaning of it has just been destroyed over time. And by the fact that like, and this has been a problem forever in a lot of different ways. Yeah. The, most people don't understand how statistics work. <laughs> this is true. Uh, uh, this comes up every election so cycle. So if you say like 200% of that, people don't know that that's just like twice as much, not times 200. Right, exactly. So you know how like they'll say like, oh, people in the Middle Ages had an expect, like a life expectancy of 30 years. Yeah. That does not mean that like the life cycle that we all experience now <laughs> in like modern times was truncated to 30 years in such that if you made it to be 30 years old, people thought you were old. Like that is not the sure. Case. human beings still aged the same way that they age now <laughs> so 30 year olds in like 1450 looked like us it was just that and people regularly lived to be 60 or 70 years old again you can see this for yourself when you study historical figures yeah especially and like granted like it's because they're rich so they had more resources and like you know access to like clean drinking water and stuff but like they regularly lived to be 70 or 80 years old just like we do right the reason that the life expectancy was closer to 30 was because they had a much higher birth mortality rate like babies didn't last as long and then like and also like children so it was so it just really brought the average down right like (laughs) the the article i read about it said a better way to think about it was that like if you made it to 30 you were good (laughs) like people died at like really high rates leading up to about 30 and like in your 30s is when that kind of tapered off yeah like if you made it to be that old if you made it to be like in your 30s you were probably just going to live like a normal life and that the highest mortality rates were in infants children and 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 young adults like teens i see Um, okay because that's when you were like the most susceptible to illness when you were younger Mm -hmm. or you were maybe doing some of like the hardest labor that you like just couldn't necessarily do later so then you would kind of transition to different roles while the youngest people did the hardest labor and so you're gonna live longer Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i feel like that's like a it's like a running gag anytime there's like a I don't know 
know how high or, or no what was it called your highness like yeah any kind of like any kind of like farce about like the middle ages people will be like look at that like it'll be like a man with like a white beard down to his ankles and they'll be like he's 34 yes. and it's like that's not how that so, works actually in fact not at all no not at all like they would have simply looked as you or i like, <laughs> <laughs> well i did um, read i did read a thing once that said that um obviously i know this is going to be a shock to you chelsea but um movies oh don't always tell the truth <gasps> Don't yeah. say that. I know, I know. What's that thing from Black Widow? It was real to me. It was real to me. People were very, very, very rarely beheaded in like public executions. In fact, mm-hmm. because beheading was, especially if you know, beheading by an axe was actually like a very privileged way to die because it was pretty quick, pretty instant if it all went yeah. well. So it was reserved for like the nobility and usually their crime was like, you know, probably treason or murder. And so they would be most likely, in fact, probably executed beheaded behind like within a palace somewhere and no one there wasn't like crowds of people being like yeah give us that off with her head blah, blah. just didn't right. happen throwing a tomato yeah throwing a couple tomatoes also that wouldn't happen because they would have wanted to fucking eat those oh I know <laughs> well also they just didn't have tomatoes that was <laughs> another thing I learned they didn't have tomatoes really until, like, yeah until like the, I think like the 17th uh, the 16th century which is what did they throw at people the... in the stocks um actually you know what I take this back uh it was the 1500s so by the 1500s i guess they would have had tomatoes but they wow. didn't have tomatoes before that it would have been precious too precious to yeah, throw yeah they would have been they would have been new it would be like throwing avocados at somebody i'm not gonna do that <laughs> avocados are expensive that. <laughs> yeah that's my avocado you bitch um <laughs> no but uh okay this is like this is slightly off period but you just reminded me of this because yeah. this is another thing that i love to study and will probably be a topic in in another episode beautiful um but what you're describing yes is is absolutely true and it's part of the reason that the um, French Revolution was such like a a huge seismic like forever oh. shift because it was just in, chopity chop left right center yeah because and it was nobles like you said it was royals it yeah. was the king and queen yeah. had their heads cut off Bye-bye. in the middle of like in the middle of the street um, like common people and so it was just like it was a complete breakdown of the caste system in yes. France which was such a huge deal and the thing that I learned recently that I was like oh this is fucking nuts but it's really interesting was um somebody asked it was like in like a question and answer format that i learned this somebody asked what happened to people like who were killed by guillotine if they had long hair like was their hair just cut at the same time that their at their head that their head was cut or did they have to like hold their hair over their head yeah. or like what happened and the person who responded who was a historian was like so this is actually really interesting uh their hair was cut before their appointment yes, with the guillotine yeah, so it was shorn really close to the head in kind of like a pixie buzz cut. Uh, <laughs> such as, such that, yes, um, that haircut became fashionable in France <gasps> in the early 1800s after the French Revolution. And especially like, like not Fantine. like not along not among common people among the aristocracy, and it was seen as almost like a subversive kind of like fuck you I lived like it. It was like the hair equivalent of like the I survived the and then insert here French Revolution. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> they would get their hair cut really short, and it was very chic. <laughs> Tre chic. But that is a different time period in a different area. Just to close things out about the Middle Ages and the things that were not true about how they lived. 
like I said, they were as curious and progressive a people as as any other group. They were devoutly religious compared to like modern day Europe, but Mm -hmm. also like the Catholic Church, for all its faults that we have discussed, was actually one of like the leading um, the leading promoters of science and learning at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, They sponsored several universities and other like institutes of institutions of higher learning across Europe. Uh, And it came from this doctrine that was the idea of the book of God and the book of nature, meaning the book of God obviously being the Bible and the book of nature being science and that you needed both to understand God. And so, so thinking that I agree, by the way, yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, that's actually like fairly reasonable. That's actually nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's very against what people think about, like it flies in the face of what people think about like um, medieval Europe and medieval Europeans as being like extremely superstitious. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that both things can be true because we're talking about like tens of millions of people. Um, So they can both be very superstitious because they have a different understanding of science, but also be fundamentally curious intellectual people Mm -hmm. who are trying to like learn these things with the tools and resources that they have. And to that point, uh, as my last thing, in case you were ever worried about it, uh, a chastity belt is not real. That is also a Victorian invention. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Meant to like, again, kind of like in a mocking way about like they were so backwards about sex that they would like lock women's privates up. But if you think about it, like that so many women would have just immediately died from infection. Oh, yeah. From something like that. If you could never get in there, um, (laughs) if you were just like, like, I don't know, like shitting all over yourself and then you couldn't clean it for like months or years at a time, you would die. And all of the all of the childbearing women who had a chesting belt would have died. So it's just not a real thing. They literally like were never mentioned or written about. They were invented in the 19th century. No way. Um, And they were considered like they were they were often like looped in with writings about the torture devices we just talked about, like the Iron Maiden. Like they almost considered a torture device because they were again, like they were looking at Victorian ideals about women as being so much ahead of Middle Age or like medieval um, ideas about women that they were like, oh, yeah, they would like torture. You know, they hated women so much they would like lock up their vaginas. And it's like, no. Was the uh, Judas cradle real? Probably not. But what's a Judas cradle? Oh, it's bad, man. It's a big. Yeah, they're all bad. It's a big pyramid that they just like put you on and then you get slowly lowered onto it more and more and you just get stretched out from the bumhole. Oh, ew. Yeah. Similar to a Spanish donkey, but not the same. (laughs) It looks like this one is real because it came from the Spanish Inquisition. Ugh. Ow. That is gross. It looks terrible. Ooh, so spooky. Yeah, Spanish Inquisition was really like uh, on its own kind of. (laughs) They're just doing their own thing. (laughs) They were were, like on a level all their own. But also like this kind of like makes sense, right? It's like there, like we said, like there were some methods of torture that were real. And like in the Spanish Inquisition, I think that as sort of like an isolated experience and I'm not going to pretend to be like an expert on it, but like as an isolated thing where like that kind of stuff could fester. Like for example, most doctors in the world do not perform horrific experiments on patients. Yeah. But doctors in Nazi Germany did. And right. part of the reason that they did that was because they had an ideology that allowed them to see this very specific group of people that they had unlimited access to as less than human. So they had they had several factors that came together in one place in one time that allowed for something that horrific to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Spanish Inquisition is similar, where it's like, as opposed to the kind of Victorian idea that just like medieval people all the time everywhere were torturing each other. The Spanish 
Inquisition is like an isolated, like they had in their mind um, a mission from God and they needed to do whatever it took right. to complete that mission. And that led them to do things that were increasingly more, I think, to modernize uh, deranged. So spooky. Yeah. So gross. I love it. <laughs> But that is a myth, my lord. A myth? Just a myth, my lord. A simple myth. A myth, myth my lord. Um, well, I absolutely bloody loved it. Let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, you know what? I loved tying it back in with the French Revolution. That whole little journey we went on, that was awesome. I'm going to give you 10 points for that. <laughs> and of course, Thank I'm going to give you some aforementioned points from your fact bang earlier that, oh, we, that we already did. So that's another five. You know, normally we take points off for being like gross and icky and ooey, but this is spooky season. And if anything, that gives you and more it was points. A prop. Yeah, yeah. And it was a prop. So that's, that's another five points. Um, and I am a little disappointed to know that Iron Maiden isn't real because it's a like cool looking thing and an awesome band name. Um, they're real, just in case yeah. The you band guys, is real. Band I can't is take that real. away. Um, so at that disappointment, I will take off one point. So that's fair. I'm going to give you a, a 19 on that. Oh my god, I love it. And that puts us at. Connor in third place with 100 points. <laughs> Jesse in second place with 1,042. Okay. And Ellie in first place with 1,049. Oh my God, closing the gap. We really are closing that gap. Man, thanks, Christina. <laughs> Thank you so she, much for Christina. We thought she was going to be a, we thought she was going to be a ringer for you and she was a ringer for me. That's true. Oh, the snails. Right. So yeah, let us finish yeah. off and I'll talk about the snails. This also comes from an art historian on TikTok who specializes in medieval art, which I think has got to be quite the trip. But there are like loads, something like 30, maybe more examples of knights fighting giant snails in medieval art. And so and so it led people down this little rabbit hole of like, were there man sized snails? To which the answer is no, probably, most probably not. <laughs> the snails in medieval art represent like neighboring foreign countries who would be invading and they would portray them as snails to say that they were like gross and unlike uh, not human and otherworldly. And so if you oh, ever fucked. So if you ever see a uh, medieval painting of, um, of a knight fighting a snail, I'll find one for you now. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, just find me one. That's what it's bring about. Bring me up a piece of that snail. Bring me up a piece of that snail. Medieval snail art <laughs> a, that's such a good search i'm gonna like if, if i forget that i'm gonna very much confuse myself um, oh it's so good because some of them are some of the, sometimes the snails are like leaping towards the people sometimes the snails are like pissing on people um, but here is a pretty epic example of a man fighting a man-sized snail and everyone being confusion it's very good here let me see let me see let me see let me see so, but if Christina was here, she would say that you could find her at IB Super on Twitter and Little Bird Killer on Instagram. Oh my God. Or is it the other way around? No, I think that's right. And then she would also say, hey, go check out the Kickstarter for Veronica. If you haven't already, you can find that through either of our Instagram profile pages or like all over our Twitter. Please do check it out and share it because we are really nearing the... <laughs> The, the end of our of our Kickstarter and it's not super healthy right now. We're hope we've got some few things planned to be able to hopefully like kick up some donations. But anything you guys could do to share it with people that would be freaking awesome. And thank you so much. Yeah, for the Kickstarter, there are some really really cool tiers. Uh, you can get Christina to whisper your name into a tree. That's pretty um, I think cool. there's a song by Ellie that I don't think yep. you can hear anywhere else if you're a backer. And it's also just a really cool project. So thanks. If if you haven't, if you're listening to this and it's not yet November 1st and you haven't checked it out, please go check it out. Yes, please do. Uh, 
everyone, uh, if it is November 1st and we haven't made it, you just please tweet me and ask if I'm all right. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I, you know, yeah. you we'll know have what? the next. Because I've learned over the past couple of years that actually failure is for me. So. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I said something today at work that I was pretty proud of because I was like, this feels like the much more Chelsea version of like all of that stuff that we used to have to say at our previous job and our yeah. previous life, which is that it's not insurmountable. You just need to get creative. Nice. Uh, was a thing that I said today. And so I feel like, you, look, I hope it happens. And I feel like a lot of Kickstarters, they have that weird sort of like, like, you know, 23rd hour spike. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, for some reason, get that 23rd hour spike here, then that's not insurmountable. We just got to get creative. You just got to get creative. We just got to figure it out. And it's going to yeah. be just fine. Alrighty then. Well, Chelsea, where can people find you? People can find me at Chelsea Harfouche wherever internets are sold. I'm about to start posting some fashion stuff because Ooh. I went to, I can't believe I buried this all the way at the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, but I went to the Mackle store, which is what I'm calling uh, this thrift store I went to that I found out was owned by Macklemore <gasps> in Seattle. <laughs> That's what? right. He put his money where his mouth is <laughs> 10 years later and opened a thrift shop Amazing. in like a very trendy part of Seattle. And I didn't know that until I went there. And the top level of it is a golf store. Because apparently also Macklemore has like a new golf brand. And I was like, <laughs> I couldn't be less interested in this. And they were like, well, go downstairs and it's all vintage. And I was like, yes. And I got a beautiful skirt there. I can't believe you buried that even past snails. I know. Isn't that insane? That is this insane. episode's a real mile a minute. Well, I can't wait to see your outfits. I know. Maybe I'll wear it on Friday when we watch Connor's scary movie. Ooh, yes. I'm excited for that. <laughs> and you can okay. find me, Ellie Main, on Instagram. That's where you can find my Kickstarter. And Ellie Maney on Twitter. That's also where you can find my Kickstarter. And you can find this podcast at WhatPod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, and Redbubble. And you can find our website at thosetwogirls.club if you want to send us something fun. And have a great week. And maybe, I don't know, go learn something. Yeah. And if you're a medieval wench, you can maybe keep a loop. Yeah. But not too loose. Keep it tight, not, <laughs> not too, too tight. tight. <laughs> uh, but you can say your prayers at night. You probably have to. You probably must. Mama. Mama.